Welcome to the Brilliant Beauties Podcast, a fresh new show spotlighting business women who have both beauty and brains while making a difference in the world. This is an interview-style show featuring powerhouse women from around the world who are living in their genius zone and inspiring other women like you to do the same. Here's your host, Samantha Gregory. Hello, amazing people. This is the Brilliant Beauties Podcast, and I'm your host, Samantha Gregory. Thank you for being with us today. Our special guest is Kiana Shaw. She is the founder of Leadership Academy. She's a best-selling author, speaker, master life coach, parent, and teen advocate. And she is here to share some amazing and phenomenal information about who she is and how she's walking in her brilliance and hopefully give you permission to do the same. Welcome, Kiana. Thank you for being here. Oh, no, thank you. This is such an awesome platform. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. I'm so happy you're here. And um, been on your website, learning all about who you are and what you what you are offering to the world Um but before we get into all that, I would love to know, and the audience too, would love to know a little bit more about you, who you are, in your own words, what had, where has your journey taken you from and where to where you are now? Just share with us a little bit about that. Okay, well, um, I grew up in Compton, California. That is my hometown. Uh, I still do a lot of work there, go to church there. That's, it's still my stomping ground, so to speak. And um, that is where my story started. I, I had both of my parents growing up, and I have two brothers. And on our block, everyone had a father. Every house on our, on our block had a father, even um, – the challenged homes, so to speak. And um, I grew up really just kind of in this little bubble of everything in the world is great. And as I grew up um, and went to middle school and started seeing that, oh, wow, everyone doesn't have a father in the home and just kind of being exposed to more and more of Compton because we started going to school in Compton and we started to have to walk home. So I started being exposed to a lot of things that most people do want to shelter their children from. And um, from there, I started learning a lot about life that maybe (laughs) my parents probably would have preferred to tell me on their own. Uh And so, um, (laughs) you know, because you you get exposed to drugs and gangs and, domestic violence and prostitution. This is just on the walk home from school. And so um, I really kind of grew up sheltered but informed because my father was a sheriff. And so there were a lot of things that I knew um, to stay away from. And so I kind of had this experience of a great journey with a lot of protection in the sense that I was informed and in the sense that my parents just didn't play that. (laughs) So uh, it was kind of like you grow up in Compton, Compton will not grow up in you. That's kind of thing. (laughs) And um, growing up, you know, we we, had a very wonderful childhood in the sense that, you know, we, all of my uncles and my aunts and my grandparents, like we had a very great family unit, but I was molested uh, growing up. Mm -hmm. And in our family, and it was something that just wasn't talked about. I didn't expose it until I was about 15 years old. Um, it started when I was three, and um, this was from an adopted family member who was adopted into our family. And um, from those that those experiences of being molested for such a long time, from three to 11, I I grew up sexually aware. And I also grew up needing to be accepted. I grew up needing a lot of things that my parents just didn't quite understand why I needed those things, why. um, And I think in some cases they didn't even notice that I needed some of those things. Um, I was very good at hiding. And um, from that I have learned, you know, I, I had experiences and I've learned now that my experiences from that kind of led me into a different path than I would have wanted to go. And mm-hmm. my companies that I have started have been because of the things that I've experienced from being molested to being heartbroken to being, um, you know, in need and not having and not, you know, having too much pride to ask for things. So my companies and my journeys have really been an accumulation of things that I've experienced, and now I am teaching people how to come out of those things and how to deal with their experiences. 
Wow. That's, wow. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's so ironic that you went from, I mean, you grew up in Compton, but yet you were in a two-parent two household, um, which for most, when we look at the movies, is like atypical. You know, it's just a single mom, kids, they're struggling and stuff like that. That's what we've seen in movies and TV. But your experience was a bit different, but yet there was a still this underlying issue that happened with you um, that kind of put a little bit of stain on the entire experience and led you in a different way. Right. But, um, yeah, you are, you, you've taken it and you've grown from it and you've turned it into a blessing for other people because you decided to share your story. So I thank you for that. Um, it's so many people who are still afraid to share their story and to walk in a path that is empo- that will help empower other people as you are still becoming more empowered. Absolutely, absolutely. And part of the reason that I believe that people are afraid to share, a lot of times it's because they don't want to hurt the other people. And what I found is was for me was my healing began in sharing my story. And, yes, it embarrassed some people. And, yes, some people mm-hmm. felt like this is family business. And, you know, and unfortunately in our communities, rule number one is what goes on in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. And don't molest the kids is like rule number 87. So yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> It's just kind of one of those things where people get really ashamed to share their story. And when I found my voice and I found the power in sharing the story and what it, how it empowered me and how it was empowering others, I stopped being afraid. Hmm. Fantastic. I'm glad you did uh, because otherwise we wouldn't have Leadership Academy and we wouldn't have Village of Truth, which you'll talk about a little bit um, more. But um, I like the fact that you recognize now, you may not have been, but you recognize now that you needed the acceptance, but you were still really good at hiding. And I suppose going through um, being molested, it does help you be, it helps you hide. Absolutely. You're not only trying to hide the shame, you're trying to hide um, from the other person, but yet they're still there, or they make you hide things because they, you don't want your family to be hurt or anything like that, um, but still needing that acceptance and not your voice was essentially taken from you because you could not voice, hey, I need you, I need this acceptance, I need you to be there in my corner, even though they were doing the best, very best that they could, but when we go through and we're victimized, um, right. It's just really hard for us to say what we need, and we hide. And I, the fact that you were saying you became pride became a, a shield for you, um, and you weren't able right. to really – you were too proud to ask for anything. Absolutely. And then I want to I wanna just – if I can go back for just a second. Sure. Like when I say that um, I got good at hiding, it wasn't that it took my voice. It was that – I didn't. I couldn't share that experience, and so I started telling everything else. Like it didn't matter what it was, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> Daddy had two pieces of gum instead of one. You know, it was just like uh-huh. then it was, you know. You, so you're telling everything because you can't tell this one thing that is uh-huh. bursting inside of you. You know what I mean? Okay. And so yeah. th- for me, at least, that was my experience. It was just, you know. So it wasn't that I was you know, hiding in the sense that I was quiet and subdued. And a lot of times when we have a picture, a mental image of a child that's being abused, whether it's physically or sexually, we see this little kid in a corner cowering. Mm. And Mm -hmm. my hiding was to not be that kid. My hiding was to be that voice. And now I am really, people think I'm lying when I say this, but I am really an, an introvert masquerading as an extrovert. I really am. Okay. I <laughs> I love to be alone. I love, mm-hmm. and, and that was who I was then, but I had to be out in front of people because if I was alone, then things were happening to me. Okay, yes, yes. That makes absolute sense. It really does. Um, I'm an, I happen to be an introvert as well, and people don't believe that either, but you <laughs> You began to grow. You grow into it and in that into that role, um, right? Just so you can, so your voice can be heard. So you you will stop hiding and everything. But thank you for clarifying that for me. Um, oh, no that you weren't um, silent in a corner, just you know, invisible. 
but right. you became more visible in the only in the ways that you could because of the one thing that you couldn't say. Hiding so in plain sight, sense. absolutely. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of young ladies and and young men who have um, been victimized that way, they do resort to um, being more boisterous or more vocal in other areas. So people right. will never know what's happening to them because they want to feel normal. Right, exactly. Yeah. Wow, so I, I completely get it, and 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 that's really a clue for for parents, for aunts and uncles, and people who have young ladies or young men who are being potentially being victimized. You know, helping them to see some of the signs and wondering what why is the behavior changing suddenly? You know, why right. things, and the behavior doesn't necessarily have to go from loud to subdued, but it can go from subdued to more loud and, and engaged in a way that maybe not feel natural or normal. Right. But, Absolutely. Um, so, yes, that's this is a very um, strong topic that needs to be expressed more, especially in the black community. Um, and I, I, I feel very strongly about it because I've, I've close friends who've been victimized. I, I know people who've told me their stories, and the anger that comes up in me because it, it felt like, wow, these, this, these people were missed or these children were not taken care of. But, again, parents do the best they can, and often you, you, when you're so busy surviving, you can't see the thing that's right under your nose. So Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of times parents miss the signs because they, they're working a lot or they're tired mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. because they trust. I mean, who yeah. who wants to leave their child with someone who they know is going to victimize them? And I, I think in my family, because this didn't happen to us, you know, I have um, – I think it's. I think I have six, seven uncles and probably seven aunts, and we. I mean, it's, they're all professionals. This is, you know, I have fifty-four first cousins. None of us have ever been to jail. It's, you know, we, we're kind of not the the stereotype that you see when you think of a huge black family. You know, we don't have, mm-hmm. you know, we, yeah, we have, you know, a drug addict. We have one, and, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. that there's probably some closet alcoholic somewhere mixed in there. Mm-hmm. But, but for the most part, when you see our family, you see professionals. You see um, several law enforcement officers. You see uh, dentists, um, secretary. Like, you know, it's just not that beat up, run-down family home and everyone's like, mm-hmm. you know, coming over, stealing from Big Mama. It, it's just not right, that. And so right. because of that, mm-hmm. our family, you know, we, you, we have political figures and things like that. So it's it's like this doesn't go on in our family. Mm-hmm. This, we, we're exempt. We are right. better than that. We, You know what I mean? And so when it does happen, people, I think me exposing in my family is going, Wait a minute, and I, I know that there are still people who don't believe. I know that there are still family members who are like, no, this isn't possible. But mm-hmm. it's a, the fact of the matter is it really is. I had an aunt say to me um, about a year ago, well, I'm going to ask your cousin. And I was like, ask her what? Ask her, was I molested? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just kind of like, well, if it didn't happen to her, then it must not have happened to you. And it's like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> so in the black community, I think that we have to stop being afraid to talk about things that hurt us. I mean, you know, we, we don't go to psychologists. We don't go to school mm-hmm. counselors, you know, and then, and it's kind of like we handle things because we get together and we gossip about it. But that doesn't help right. the kid. That doesn't help change the situation, mm-hmm. you know. And then sometimes we say, okay, well, as a family, we're just not going to let Uncle Johnny around the kids. But it could be Auntie Susie too. And you just you just have yeah. to know um, your child and you have to be protective. And everyone has to understand that there is immediate violent consequences to messing mm-hmm. with your kids. And I think that when yes. you, in our family, it was kind of like everyone's allowed to discipline. Everyone is allowed to speak their mind. You know, we don't, we don't have anyone who can't 
discipline the kids in our family because we are a family and we know that no one's going to step over the bounds. And the fact of the matter is people step over the bounds all the time. And mm-hmm. we, as, as an African-American community, we have to start talking about it and listening to our kids instead of mm-hmm. shutting them down because it's like, sit down, be quiet, don't embarrass me. <laughs> you know, right. those are the rules oh after <laughs> what goes on in this house, yeah. stay on in this house. <laughs> so we have to start letting our kids be a little bit more vocal, not in a disrespectful way, but they should be able to express mm-hmm. themselves openly. Because mm-hmm. if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have stood up in the middle of church. Hey, this is going yeah. on. Somebody come rescue me. <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> and and so my my job now is to teach young ladies, and I have I have a young daughter, she's one, and to teach her that mm. your voice matters and your voice yeah. is valid. I don't care what anyone else says, your voice is valid. Mhm. And that's absolutely correct. I've of course I grew up in that that culture of you're seen and not heard, and you sit down and you be quiet and you. You know, like you said, don't embarrass me, and if you do, mm-hmm. we're going to get it when you get home. But, right. Um, or we're going to take you around back and, and handle that. So, you know. Right, depending, um, on, depending on where you were. Because if you were at the family right. house, you just got handled right then and there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, um, I, we could go on and on about that. <laughs> but, right. You know, and, and hopefully at some point we'll have a chance to just really talk about the topic and, and bring more awareness to it, not just um, in a vacuum, but, you know, in a a much broader stage because there needs to be more education, there needs to be more acceptance because I always say the river river of of denial is quite deep and long and it is quite prevalent, you know, in our society because, we want to protect this person and protect that person. We want to admit things because that means we're imperfect, but we all are imperfect, you know. But right. protecting the, the virtue of a child is more important than your pride and your silence, you know. Absolutely. And, and it's platforms like this that will allow us to do that. So thank you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. So even um, with sharing your story and hearing about your journey, I'm curious to know who or what inspired you um, then and now? To do what I'm doing now? Yes, yes. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, let, me, let me just back up to, to Village of Truth real quick. Village of Truth, which is my nonprofit, started because I found out that my boyfriend of four years had been cheating on me with a distant cousin for two. And I was so heartbroken because this is someone who I loved and I was just kind of surrounded by him all the time, him and his family. And I loved his daughter like she was my own and even his daughter's mom and his daughter's grandmother. Like I I got along with everyone. And so it was really hurtful to have this experience. And I remember, you know, just kind of feeling like I didn't know what to do with myself. And I, I spoke with a mentor of mine who um, is also my pastor, and he he started off with, well, where's your goal list? What are you doing for you? What have you done in your life? You know, you said that everything's about him, so what are you doing for you? And mm-hmm. I didn't have an answer for that. I, I did have my goal list. I knew he was going to ask for it, so I had brought it. And so, um it was in that meeting that he said, okay, it's, it's time. It's time to change your life. It's time to focus on you. And so mm-hmm. I, I dove into my goal list, and I realized within like three weeks that I had accomplished pretty much everything that was on my goal list. And it taught me how much time I was spending on his life as opposed mm-hmm. to mine. And I said, you know what, I never want another young lady to feel this way. I never want another woman to go through what I'm going through and to be sucked Mm -hmm. into this vacuum of our man as opposed to allowing him to just kind of come into our world. We just go into his and we abandon our family, our friends, you know, know, Mm -hmm. that girlfriend that when she gets mad, you just don't hear from her at all, that type of thing. Right, yes. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to help women not have that. And so in that, I decided that the best way to help young know, well, well, I, I realized as I looked back that my life had been like this for a long time. I had been mm-hmm. kind of allowing myself to get in these relationships and just being heavily involved with whoever the guy was since I was mm-hmm. – 
you know, a teenager. And so I said, okay, so the best way to stop women from being that person is to get the teen girls before their, yeah. their mindset develops into thinking that, you know, I, all I need is this, this man and that will be it. And so, and part of it had to do with me having a need to feel protected all the time, um, you know, from dealing with childhood issues. And so I just kind of felt like I needed to do something to help. I needed to be a part of the solution. I needed to have continuous therapy on my own, (laughs) and this was the way that I would do it. And so what I'm doing now is really just a reflection of the mindset shift that I had at that time. Okay. Excellent, excellent. And so the I applaud you for that because it's, it's definitely reaching the young girls at that early age is crucial to making sure that their minds are not consumed with someone else um, because even in the, in the spiritual sense, you know, when you start being consumed with someone, you start idolizing them. They become your God. Right, you know, right. Versus you... Um, bowing down, as it were, only to the the creator. And it becomes all-consuming. It becomes damaging. It becomes uh, everything that's unhealthy, basically. Right, and we lose ourselves. And so when we go back to the question of what inspires me or who inspires me, it's those teen girls. I've been working with teen girls since since 2008, and... Mm -hmm. When I, when I see them and I, I can look at their clothing and I can tell where their self-esteem is, I can look at their boyfriend oh, yeah. and I can tell where their self-esteem is. I can, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to their conversation and how they feel entitled to so much from their parents. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, when I, when I see young ladies who want to be a doctor or a lawyer, but they don't know how to control their mouths. They don't know how to have an inside voice, and they also don't know that everything you think is not supposed to come out (laughs) your mouth, you know. And so that is what inspires me. That's what makes me want to make sure that my life is a light for them. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I have a perfect life, and I I make plenty of mistakes all day long, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's about giving them someone who, one, will share the story just like it is, I don't hide anything from my past. I, I sexually abused my own body. I allowed myself to be a part of, you know, all kind of things that I'm not ashamed of but I'm not proud of either. And mm-hmm. so I, I share the story and I give them the relatability because someone has to be the light for our teens and they don't want to see your light or they don't want you to be the light if they don't know you've ever been in darkness. And so oh, yes. um, sure. that, is, that is what motivates me, seeing these young girls who need guidance, but no one even wants to reach them. No one even wants to help them because it's like, oh, my God, no, she has the worst mouth ever. Oh, my God, her attitude is bad. Oh, my God, she is just, oh, and it's like, that's, I want her. Just, just send her here. I don't need you to tell me anything else about her. Just bring her here because I want to hug her, and I want to make yeah. sure that she knows that who she is right now is fine, but we got to get better. Mm-hmm. And so that is what inspires me. Awesome. And and I'm sure you're inspiring them every single day and every one of them that you meet. Um, so tell me, through your journey, um, how did you discover your genius? And tell us what your genius is first, but and tell us how you discovered what it is. How long? Okay, so my genius. <laughs> that is, I, I love that the way you phrase that. <laughs> my genius is two things. One, I am a genius at helping parents communicate with their children effectively to bring love, harmony, and joy back to their homes. A lot of times our our relationship with our teenagers is so distant and so strained, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents kind of like, yeah, you can participate in anything you want to so long as you are not in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, we, we have such a distant relationship with our teenagers, and it's just, you know, it's just not a good place. It's not a good space for our kids to be. And so my genius is in helping them communicate and really being able to move forward 
with their teenagers in a way mm-hmm. that they'll be proud of them later. I mean, we're we're I I don't know many teenagers that I would want making public policy decisions for me in 20 years. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it's, it's just one of those things where you're like, you know what? We have to make them better. And so I have really honed in on the skills to be able to do that. And then also part of my genius, I I love that. I just love saying that. (laughs) So part of my genius is making sure that I I teach high school girls or teenage girls leadership, life, and empowerment skills. Mm-hmm. And if I may toot my own horn, I am very good at that. I am very good sure. at teaching them the best way to discover their genius, mm-hmm. to discover how to empower themselves. Because we think, oh, just, you know, give them some positive role models and that's it. But, no, it's about mm-hmm. identifying in them how they are already a positive role model, how they already influence people, how they already have leadership abilities, and fostering mm-hmm. that so that they can become great people. Fantastic. I love it. I mean, and and you also help them find their genius as well, you know, because they have, them, have it. I mean, teenagers are so freaking awesome and, talented, you know, but yes. it's hidden underneath a lot of the teenage angst and the, the hormonal changes and the, you know, issues that they may be facing um, in the home but right. and, and are afraid to, you know, reveal their true selves because and, and even in the midst of finding themselves. But I'm sure with the encouragement and motivation that you are giving, they are able to find their genes a little bit easier and really have a desire to walk in it versus being all a part of the in crowd and morphing into something else or someone else just to please those people. Absolutely. And when we do that, when we help them do that, we help them make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. We help them be better people. And that I think that that's how that's my contribution to making the world a better place is to reach mm-hmm. our teen girls because our teen girls have so much power over our teen boys. If teen girls said, you know yeah. what, we are not dating anyone else who wears their pants sagging, we're not dating anyone else who wears, you know, all these braids or earrings or whatever it is that they don't like. Mm-hmm. If teenage girls set a standard, yes. then the boys would follow suit. If it wasn't oh cool to have power and, and the boys go, she likes a man in a position of power. Every woman does, right? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's about having a position of power like Barack Obama, not like right. Pookie who has a gun who's running around terrifying old ladies. Right. Why are you even right. giving him the time of day? Mm-hmm. But because oh, someone says, ooh, Pookie, ooh, I feel mm-hmm. so protected. Remember, going back to this, their need, what what mm-hmm. they need on the inside. So if Pookie is who is giving them the protection on the inside, that feeling of nothing bad is going to happen to me on his watch, that's who they go for. Yes. And so when we teach them, no, 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 this is the type of protection. One, he doesn't need to be the one to protect you with a gun because, truth be told, you can take self-defense classes and be empowered mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can do things differently in your own life and be empowered by that. So it's not that he is the only person to protect you. He's just here right now. But when you mm-hmm. get 35, you, you can look at Pookie Choose and know you don't want to be bothered with him. Definitely. But it's something that you have to know. Is You have to be taught well before that moment. And so when we raise the standard of the girls, we raise the standard of the boys. Yes. And my job. That. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. My job is to make sure that I connect with women like you, women like the Natalie Owens's of the world or the April Franks Hunts of the world, the Danielle Winningham's of the world, the Denise Hart's of the world. My job is to connect with you ladies mm-hmm. and have you ladies help me bring these to, and whether it's doing a conference call, maybe it's, you know, one girl who just wants, she might just want to have a podcast mm-hmm. and she doesn't know how to do it. Yes. Absolutely. And so it's just a matter of taking the women that I know, and, and so part of my job is meeting awesome women, so thank mm-hmm. you. 
<laughs> for taking the time to meet me and okay. then introducing you to some awesome young ladies who have no clue that they're awesome yet. Yeah. They have no clue that they're amazing. Absolutely. And you're just singing my song because I have been saying that for the last, what, since I wrote my book, No More Crumbs, in 2012 and before that, that once women raise the standard, then yes. the men will raise theirs. Teenage yes. girls, when they learn to have a higher standard of of operating, of living, of who they accept into their life and their circle, then the men will change because we are powerful, power, right. more powerful than we can ever imagine. But we've been deceived. We believe the lie that we are weak and that we have no power. But that's not right. true. And listen, that's not the girl's fault. That's our fault. Exactly. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Exactly. That's, that's because as women, we have to show them powerful men. We have to show them powerful women. And if they don't get it from us, we, we're the nurturers. As mothers, yeah. we're the nurturers of these kids, whether they're male or female. We are the ones who nurture them. And in nurturing them, we have to teach them every aspect of womanhood so that when we give her her womanhood, she can get a, the right man to validate it because some man is going to validate it. But he may not validate it the way we want him to. He may validate it by beating her and saying, I hate you because I love you. Right, exactly. He may validate it by saying, you know what, you my main girl. Mm-hmm. All these other chicks, wait, hold up, what? Mm-hmm. But if there's no woman to say, you know what, the main girl is not the only girl, and that's the part that you're missing. You're so happy mm-hmm. being the main chick. You're so happy being the one he come home to every night. But right. it doesn't matter if he was sleeping with her in the afternoon. If he if he's at home at your house at night, but he spends all morning with her, that's not the same thing as love. Exactly. And so if we don't teach them, they'll never know. Right. And another thing we have we have to teach them is they come to us and seek validation with us by their behavior. And when we stop validating horrible behavior, bad, toxic behavior, bad behavior, then they'll start changing their behavior. Or, right, that positive reinforcement and, and, is very important. Right, exactly. exactly. And, you know, a and lot so of parents I, neglect that part. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I teach um, in parenting. I, I do a parenting curriculum for parents mm-hmm. because a lot of times we forget that that positive reinforcement is what they're craving anyway, but they never get it because every time they do something wrong, we jump down their throats. And right. believe it or not, the psyche says, oh, they're giving me attention. Exactly. At least she's talking to me. No At least she's time. off the phone. At least she ain't mm-hmm. on Facebook. At least she didn't put right. the text message. She's not candy crushing all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's cussing, but at least I know that she knows I'm alive. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And as it, it, horrible that as this reality is, it is the reality. And that education, you know, educating parents and, and helping them understand that when you're broken, then you bring up broken children and the cycle continues to perpetuate itself and then you have all the emotional, physical, financial, all the types of abuse possible in the world because hurt Absolutely. people hurt people. Yeah. And everybody, like you just said, we're, everyone is seeking validation, but it's better to have the positive validation than the negative. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's, I don't know, it's just hard to even put it into words how important this is. Um, for our children, for the, the generation that's coming up. Because, you know, we put them in front of a, and I know I'm guilty sometimes of this, put them in front of a TV or give them a computer or iPad or something and just let those things attempt to raise the children without giving them some face time, some positive reinforcement and validation and letting them know you matter to me. I'm so glad that you were born into this world and that you're in my life. And for right. a child to hear that, oh, my goodness, that would transform them overnight just about just to know their parent is happy that they were born. 
And, and you know what? Let me tell you something. We put the kids in front of the TV, and we never even notice what the TV is teaching them. And it, right. it breaks my heart when there's a two-year-old who can work an iPad better than their parent because mm-hmm. it means you spent too much time on this iPad. They can't flip a block, but they can, right. they can, they can get you out of FaceTime and to Facebook and mm-hmm. into your text message. They can do all of that, but they've never seen what a, a – a, caterpillar is like they never you know what I mean they don't know anything outside of your home they don't even want to sit outside because they it's not their environment their environment is right in front of the tv and I was watching Mickey Mouse with my daughter and I was like oh my god we got to add this to the list of cartoons you can never see again and it was the old Mickey Mouse cartoon right you know we're like YouTubing it and I'm like, uh-huh. why is Minnie, like, kissing Mickey like that? Why is she in a bikini? Why is she on top of him? What is going Why is Mickey holding a double bell shotgun at the, what's the guy's name, Bluto or whatever? I, it was just uh-huh. amazing to me. And I was going, okay, Kayla, we, we're not watching this ever again, right? <laughs> but when you mm-hmm. put your kids in front of a TV and then you don't understand where they learn how to twerk, or you don't understand oh where they learn how to, you know, where, where this attitude is coming from that they're picking up. Where are they picking up this attitude? Oh, it must be those kids at daycare. Well, guess what? If the kids at daycare are watching the same TV program that your daughter's watching, all of them are getting the same. And so it's, right. there are investments that we have to make. I love my daughter, and I think she is the cutest little thing running around here. But if all people can say about her is, oh, she's cute, I've done something bad. I've failed somewhere. Because they should say, oh, my gosh, she's so smart. They should say, oh, my yeah. goodness, she's so alert. She's so aware. Oh my, you know what I mean? They should be able yeah. to say more about her than she is so pretty. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely right. My daughter is 18 now, and it makes me feel so wonderful to know that whenever she walks into a room or she interacts with adults, they take notice because she is absolutely fantastic. She's beautiful. She's smart. She is respectful. She carries herself in a manner that just makes people stand up and notice her, and they they miss her when she's not there. They ask me all the time, where is Lexi, you know, and – I, but I had I had to set a standard when she was very when she was a baby still, and the same thing with my right. son. I had to make a decision. Okay, I can spoil them to death because they're the cutest things on earth, or I can make them ready for the life that they will have to lead when they're grown and gone. When they launch Absolutely. out into the world, they have to be healthy, productive adults. And if I don't do that, I've done this, them a disservice, and Absolutely. it can ruin the rest of their life. Actually, let me tell you something. When I was about 11, my mother knew that she was going to be leaving my dad, but she hadn't told us. And mm-hmm. she she shifted her mindset into a let me teach you some things you need to know. And it was in that, you know, she was like, okay, you need to learn how to cook. You need to learn how to wash clothes. You need to know how to sew a button back on. And she went into this teaching mode um, as she was preparing, and she said to us, I may not be alive tomorrow, mm-hmm. and you have to know this. I may die next week, and you need to know how to wash your own clothes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in today's society, our teenagers only know how to find the smallest clothes. Oh, yeah, definitely. They only know how to, you know, do the best dances. You, if you take them outside of being cute, they don't know anything else. And that scares me. That yeah. scares me. And that's, I, I want to leave a legacy where, I, where my daughter can grow up in a world where great decisions are being made by her peers as well mm-hmm. as her mentors. Right. That's Absolutely. what I want to leave the world. If I die today, I want to know that I've made some changes for some young people mm-hmm. that, that no one else can take from them. I want to know that I have left – a trail of young ladies who are leaders. That's why it's Lead Hership Academy. We say I hear people say leadership, but it's Lead Hership Academy. I want to know that I've left some community leaders. I want to know that there are some mayors out there who are mayors because I touched their lives. I want to know that there are some wonderful public policy makers 
I want to know that there's, that there's a lawyer out there who has compassion for another woman. I want to know that there are teenagers out there or women out there who are not looking at other women as their competition. Right. But rather as somebody who they can collaborate with. I used to have a radio show. I know what it takes to put into it. I'm not your competition, Samantha. Right, exactly. I want to know that you are doing well. I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And then I want to excel past you, and then I want you to learn from me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not your competition. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even born to be competition. I was born to be a creator, not a competitor. Oh, my goodness. Yes, exactly, and and you have and creators have so much more fun too, so right? <laughs> Aren't we the best? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, it, it's it's amazing. And I appreciate you saying that because it's so important for women to understand that we are not competitors. We create, we collaborate, we connect. We that's what we're made for. I mean, we bring children into the world for goodness sake. What what can be the what can be better than that? Exactly. You know, and not just, who else we doing that other than women? <laughs> yes, I mean, and collect, connecting because we're relational. We re, we are relationship people. We're nurturers, and we connect with each other. And so, when you add that level of competition that separates, destroys that's filled with arrogance and hatred, that just really breaks us down on a cellular level. It's not just on a physical, that's a cellular level of breakdown. And we can't afford that if we want to have a strong society and a strong world. And so our power is diminished when we separate and when we compete. We we don't have power when we do that. So getting together and collaborating and, and lifting one another up and making each other understand, help each other understand that, hey, I'm here for you. I'm on your side, and I want you to be the best, go the furthest, and do the most you can because there's a world waiting out there for you and your message. No matter what you've been through, no matter what horrors that you experience in your life, we are here, we've got your back, and we want you to go forward. Yes. So... That is, I mean, we, of course, we can talk about for hours, you know, right. about the importance of a woman connecting with her power. But we want to know, what does Kiana Shaw have coming up in 2015? What's your next big project? Well, okay, so in 2014, I, I created um, an audio series called Sex, Social I'm sorry, Sex, Self-Esteem, and Social Media, and um, I'm going to turn that audio series into a program where there's, you know, a workbook and a book, and we're going to make mm-hmm. that um, our next move as well as getting Leadership Academy. I have created the Butterfly Effect in Leadership Academy, and the Butterfly mm-hmm. Effect is just the four stages of the butterfly, the conception, the feeding, or the mm-hmm. caterpillar stage is what most people mm-hmm. know it by, the transition stage and the reproductive stage. And the first three stages are programs for Teenage teenagers um, mm-hmm. in a seven-day, seven-week, and seven-month program, and then we have the reproductive stage, which is which is our parent program, which is just teaching parents some really great parenting skills. Um, we're in it's also a community so that they can help and feed off of other parents because sometimes you know whooping our kids just isn't the best answer for everything. It's right. just not right. so. Um, making sure that Leadership Academy is becoming a global brand and reaching as many people as we possibly can and giving them quality content, helping our young ladies not only have basic life skills but leadership and empowerment skills that they can take with them and help change the world as they go. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm excited about everything that's coming up. and. and Oh, my goodness. We want to know where we can find you. How can we learn more about what you're up to and how can we tap in so that we can either be assistants, mentors, or whatever it is? How can we connect with you? I'm so glad you asked that, especially since I'm going to tap into you as a mentor. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. I love you. But people can find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook.com backslash Kiana R. Shaw. The R is for Renee, my middle name. Um, Or just search in Kiana Shaw. You'll find me. Um, 
Leadership Academy uh, is on Facebook. Uh, that's a, another Facebook page. And then also I have a Coach Key on a Facebook page, which is more for parents. Leadership Academy is more for teenagers. You can contact me on Twitter, uh, Coach Kiana Shaw, and LinkedIn under um, Kiana Shaw Leadership Academy. Excellent. And the name of the website is? LeadhershipAcademy.org. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that – wow. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. Me too. Thank you so covered. much for inviting me and for being such a wonderful host. It's funny because we didn't have the questions and, and you didn't know what I was going to say. So I was like, oh, goodness, I think this is taking a, a downward turn. <laughs> We've kind of gotten to a very heavy subject, but I I think that it's so important to have outlets like this, and I just appreciate you for just letting me be able to voice everything that's going on in my life and and tell my story and and be able to make a difference on on this level. Absolutely, absolutely. But before we go, I would love for you to share a word of wisdom for that woman, that teenage girl who is still – looking for her purpose, and hadn't really figured out how to walk in her brilliance, what would you say to her? I would say everything that we want to do in life has a component that we can start now. A lot of times we get caught up in when I finish this degree or when I finish having kids or when my kids are grown and out the house, but everything that you want to do has something you can do right now. You may not have a radio show um, that is on the level of Steve Harvey yet. You can't walk in and do that. But you don't have to wait till you have a communications degree to start a podcast or to have a blog talk radio show. If you want to be a social worker, that's wonderful. But go ahead and start counseling at group home, start working at a group home in your area and, you know, helping other youth. If you want to have a talk show, that's fabulous. But if you're a teenager and you know that you can move the crowd, go ahead and have cookies and something at lunchtime, cookies and coffee, or not coffee in high school, but (laughs) you you could just do, use your lunchroom and just create your own talk show, just in the lunchroom. Make it fun, make it silly, and make it something that people go, you know what, even in high school she was doing this. Mm-hmm. The greatest people don't wait until somebody ordains them to be wonderful. They just go and be. They just go and do. And so you don't have to wait till someone ordains you to be that social worker or that TV show host. Just go be it. We're in the information age Go, do, just go do whatever you want to do. It's all this technology. You may not get on MTV, but everybody can get on YouTube. So just That's go be right. great. Wow, I love it, Kiana. Thank you so much for sharing that word of wisdom. I know the person who has heard your words, a spark has probably been lit in them because they they can they know they have permission to actually go and do what they do best on a small scale first and know that it's going to grow bigger because of their dedication and perseverance. So thank you again for that. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And everyone remember that I will have all of Kiana's links, information on the Brilliant Beauties show notes. You'll find that at samanthagregory.com slash brilliant. And look for this episode with Kiana Shaw. I am so happy that you took time to listen to this podcast. I hope that you will come back again. And remember to like us on Facebook at Brilliant Beauties Podcast. We look forward to talking to you again and have an amazing day. Take care. All right, Kiana, thank you so much. That was fantastic. I loved it. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I I felt so good about this interview. Good, oh my goodness! Good, I, I was just like thinking it was going to be so different, and I just, I didn't even expect to even mention you know sexual abuse. I don't know why I even, but it, it flows. So okay, yeah. <laughs> somebody needed to hear it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I appreciate your authenticity and just you know being open and sharing, and you oh, know not just about what happened with you, but you know how you're helping other young ladies um, through the process. I I, that's been one of my my goals is to really take my message of no more crumbs to young ladies because it's similar to yours. You know, you can raise the standard. You can say I'm worthy 
of much more than what you're giving me. And when you catch them when they're young, then they have a healthier outlook when they're older. And so you don't have all these crazy relationships <laughs> so, or crummy relationships. Absolutely. Like <laughs> Absolutely. And I just but, saw um, that. I just clicked on your About Me page and um, clicked on the No More Crumbs, and I'm like, oh, okay, good. You did a great mm-hmm. job on, you know, a lot of times we, we want to put our own pictures on the cover. And right. um, this is just very universal, very universal. Exactly, and that's what I was going for. I didn't want it to be just about me. It's about every woman. Cause every right, woman. you know, they take the cover and they go, oh, she goes to the African-American literature section. Right, <laughs> exactly. See, you get it. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Some people I do. Like, I do get it. People ask me, well, why, don't, why didn't you put yourself on the outside? Because I'm trying to appeal to every woman. It's not just black women. It's every right. woman who goes through dealing with crummy relationships and I don't want it just to be about me or black women. It's every woman, whether we want to believe it or not. So, yeah. Um, But this episode, um, as soon as it airs, I will send you an email to let you know that it's up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or or TuneIn Radio. And I'll send you social media graphics to go along with it. It'll include my logo as well as your picture in it. And um, share it when, you know, at your convenience. And I will add you to our Facebook page, private group, for all the women that I have interviewed on the show so far. I'm still working on getting that up and running. Okay? Thank you so uh, much. And when you put it up, tag me. Every time you post it, tag me. That's fine. Oh, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Kiana. I appreciate it. And I'm really, really very serious about, you know, being a mentor, talking with, you know, the young ladies that you are mentoring and you're, you're working with because, and the parents, too, because I, I've been through enough hell, <laughs> and I've come through <laughs> it, and it, it's been a journey. But I know that if I hadn't gone through that journey, I wouldn't have a story, and I wouldn't be who I am today. So Absolutely. I'm really very Absolutely. About, you know, connecting. So um, let me know whatever you may need. Um, I'm here. Just ping me doesn't matter when, and I will do my best to help you um, with your promotions or with anything else that you, you have in mind. So just let me know. And, Thank um, you so we'll much. I appreciate oh, you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so happy to help, and thank you for being a brilliant beauty. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Brilliant Beauties Podcast with your host, Samantha Gregory. Please be sure to go to samanthagregory.com slash brilliant to get the show notes for today's guest. And we'll see you next time. Take care.